Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Saturday, October 28th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Saturday slate. It is a uh, not as big of a Saturday slate as we've seen in the past, but we have currently uh, nine games on the docket uh, tonight. We'll break those down, of course, uh, on the show as we always do. Uh, first of all, look back on last night. There was a, a lot of action for a Friday night compared to some Fridays, and uh, we saw Buffalo and New Jersey, a wild back-and-forth affair. Uh, you wouldn't have been able to wait too long to get in on that over six and a half. It, if it showed up, it didn't show up for very long as that first two goals were scored by the uh, just before the 10-minute mark of the first period, and it was just a back-and-forth affair. Ended up being won by the New Jersey Devils. A goalie injury for the Buffalo Sabres, Eric Comrie, uh, had to leave that game due to injury, and uh, Uko Pekka Lukanen uh, had to finish the game uh, for Buffalo. Sabres scored enough, but couldn't keep the puck out of their own net, and there's no such thing as a dull hockey game involving the New Jersey Devils right now. Uh, they're scoring in bunches, but they are giving up goals in bunches, and that continues to be an issue. Now, they won in spite of it last night, but there's no doubt that's something that uh, Lindy Ruff and the coaching staff are going to want this team to clean up a little bit you know, as the season uh, goes along. But see, uh, Devils get the job done there, 5-4. Uh, Chicago, what a victory for them, spoiling Nevada Day for the Vegas Golden Knights. And look, it looked like Chicago was going to be uh, sent to the cleaners in the first 10 minutes of that game. 2 nothing Vegas before you could blink. And then all of a sudden, they settle the game down, they make it 2-1. to one. Uh, And then after that, of course, Connor Bedard, you know, getting this team on the board, uh, his third goal of the season, uh, it was an outstanding shot as well uh, to get the uh, Chicago Blackhawks level again and a 4-3 to three comeback win for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks there. They took the lead. Vegas tied it in the third. They had their usual strong uh, third period. But, no, it was a very, very impressive uh, performance for sure from the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And, uh, Alex, give them credit because um, Luke Richardson said prior to the game he wanted them to up the ante as far as, you know, rolling up the sleeves and bringing that work ethic and, he sure did that, and uh, it paid yeah. off as they hand the Vegas Golden Knights their first loss of the season. Yeah, uh, an impressive effort by the Hawks. Like I said, you know, not only to go on and, and win that game and, and, and stay through the fight even into overtime, but to, like I said, come back from 2-0 uh, that early. And, and, and you'll not show that, you know, that's something we haven't seen from this club in a long time, you know, that resolve and, and that, that willingness to battle back uh against adversity so it's great to see that Connor bedard this is an interesting fact Connor bedard now has two goals both of them coming on the road while wearing the home uniform because of special ceremonies wherever that they display it's a i thought that was a really kind of a neat thing but bedard people i don't know why people are, are worried about him being a little bit cold right now he got the goal he's still young they're moving him up and down the line you know richards is not uh a quinville or even a Calden type to you know just blend up the lines you know, every so often he's going to trying to find some consistency. He's trying to find which, you know, which pairings work the best. And that takes time with, with, with a lot of these younger guys. So I, I love what Luke Richardson's doing. It, you know, it was a great win for the Hawks and, you know, Vegas, you know, like I said, the crowd was not nearly as hyped up for this year's Nevada. Like it was in previous years, you know, they, they had told people it was all on the news about the whole 
Oh, why that really didn't happen much if you looked around the crowd. There's a lot of a lot of Red Hawks jerseys in the crowd as well. So the the atmosphere and environment we were kind of looking for it just really wasn't there like it was in 2017 and 18 when they had these big you know you know how Vegas they put on a party, but that wasn't the case. And I think by them not having that kind of energy and emotion, they just took another game and they they just end up losing it like it was another game. So you know you want to get that loss out of the way. It's probably not the worst in the world for Vegas. Honestly, if anything, I'd probably be Looking about them maybe tonight against a you know a, a division rival and you know, looking to try and bounce back after a, a tough loss. Yeah, and also we'll get to that game, which absolutely infuri- infuriated me. What happened in that LA Arizona game? I couldn't believe it. Well, I couldn't believe it because you know it is Arizona after all. You know they can be flighty at times, but still, to have that kind of uh, collapse with a big lead was uh, very very um, surprising. The way that game started. Uh, no question. Uh, the other games last night, Carolina. I mean, San Jose is just horrendous. They can't now. They can't even score. Uh, this is absolutely remarkable with San Jose. I mean, at least in the early going, when they were losing, they were at least putting some pucks in the net. And now all of a sudden, they just have nothing going. You know, their power play is awful. The the five on five offense is dormant. They get shut out by Anti Ranta, who returned to the net last night for Carolina three nothing. So the woes continue for uh, San Jose. There were a couple of really frustrating results. It was a great night for me again with player props. I mean, we had a couple of huge plus price winners last night with the player props again. But the sides and totals, man, it could have been a really nice night. I mean, I had Chicago Vegas over. I swept the board with the well, not swept. I had Carolina alternative team total, but I had the one and a half in the first period team total plus one ninety five. That might be the better bet, you know, because the full game team totals. People don't respect San Jose's comeback ability. So when these teams get a quick early lead on San Jose, they park the bus. And Carolina did that last night. So I think if you're going to fade San Jose with team totals and the opponent, maybe look at the first period team totals. These teams are getting a jump on San Jose, getting the lead early, getting a couple of goals quickly early in the game. Carolina did that last night. 2-0 lead after the first period. I think first period team total overs at a nice plus price, are really the best pathway to success if you're going to keep fading San Jose uh, moving forward, no question. Uh, and we saw that last night there. So that was a good game for me. But this Minnesota-Washington game, man, it was 2-1 to one after the first. We really liked that over. And just one Minnesota goal after that in regulation, 2-2, two, two, it goes to overtime. And Washington gets their second straight win, 3-2 to two, uh, in a, a shootout there. Uh, again, tough beat if you had the over. Not a bad beat, but a tough one just considering it was two to one after the uh, first period, but credit to Washington. Now uh, it was a pretty solid effort from them all around uh, and they get the uh, three to two win. one of Darcy Kemper's better games in net as well. The Vancouver Canucks hand it to St. Louis five, nothing uh, victory. Yeah. That was the highlight of the game. Lou, no doubt. It was uh, Marco Rossi uh, plus 700 goal prop. And he's got value right now. He is one of those players that even though he plays on the third line, uh, he is uh, contributing right now for the Minnesota Wild. So no doubt, great uh, hit there. And same with this game, Vancouver hosting St. Louis. We had Quinn Hughes plus 600 to score a goal. Quinn Hughes over shots on goal, cashes again. I can't believe they have still got his prop number for his shots at two and a half. There's been no adjustment whatsoever uh, on it, even though he's been shooting the puck quite a bit. Two-goal game for Quinn Hughes, uh, five-nothing victory. Look, Vancouver capitalized on their chances. It wasn't one of Bennington's better games, but at the same time, he was completely and utterly abandoned 
by his team in front of him. It was a awful game for St. Louis defensively. Turnovers, mistakes, breakdowns in their own end. It was the whole gamut of problems for St. Louis at the defensive end of the ice uh, in that game. Uh, And Vancouver was able to pounce on those mistakes and they ended up getting the uh, job done and ended up getting the uh, victory uh, five to nothing shutout over the uh, St. Louis Blues. And they did a great job defensively. There was a time halfway through the game, St. Louis wasn't even at double digits and shots on goal at that point in the game. No, it was, it was pretty clear dominance by Vancouver. I mean, the shots after the first were 19 to three in favor of the Canucks. 30 to 14 after the first two periods. So yeah, it looked like the blues had nothing in their tank after the uh, game in Calgary the other night, even though Calgary really didn't push them all that hard. Uh, But credit to Vancouver uh, coming back home from that road trip and they started strong. Now they're back home for a second straight night tonight against the New York Rangers. And of course we'll tee that game up later, man, Arizona. I don't know what, well, I know what happened four to one lead and they didn't bring it after that. I think they felt, ah, we, our job is done. We've won this thing. L.A. dominated them. The moment it got to 4-1, and credit to Todd McClellan as well. Todd McClellan deserves the massive amount, the biggest amount of reason uh, for that comeback. He knew Phoenix Copley was an absolute hot mess, an absolute puddle last night in between the pipes for L.A. Again, much like he was in the first period of the game against Carolina earlier this season when he got pulled Uh, early in that game. Same thing, you know, uh, a situation where he was just dreadful. And right away, he says, I'm not waiting around. I'm I'm taking him out. I'm putting Cam Talbot in. And what it did is it woke the team up. It settled everyone down. It was early enough in the game, first period, that there was lots of time for the Kings to come back. And they brought it, and Arizona fell asleep. They thought their work was done. Their job was done. Uh, with a four to one lead last night and credit to LA. That's a gutsy comeback credit to Todd McClellan. That was the right call. Copley clearly was fighting the puck again. And this is becoming an issue. Now this is two starts now for Phoenix Copley, where he has been not just bad. He's been absolutely horrendous. And this is a problem. You can't put Talbot in there for 70 games. You got to get some kind of workload out of Copley. And if he's not going to improve, you have to look at another option now as your backup. You know, it's a guy that earned this opportunity to be a full-time NHLer with his play last year, but unfortunately his play this season is nothing like his play last year. It's been a massive decline. So I think when you look at this matchup here, uh, or when you look at the situation involving Copley, you know, they need to get him right. You know, you cannot just look toward uh, having um, Cam Talbot start 70-plus games for you. You know, that's not a recipe for success either. So, uh, but a very, very disheartening loss for Arizona. You give L.A. credit, but you know, if you watch that game, Arizona was getting dominated, dominated right after that 4-1 lead and fell asleep. And I felt even at 4-1, like with eight minutes to go in the second period, right before L.A. got it, the 4-2 goal, even at that moment, I'm like, I don't like the way this is going for Arizona. They're doing nothing. L.A. has taken it to them. They're, and uh, sure enough, uh, it turned prophetic as the Kings roar back from 4-1 down and end up uh, beating the Arizona Coyotes 5-4, to including a three-goal third period. And uh, Karel V. Malka kind of wore down as well uh, toward the end of that game. Alex, unfortunately, is having some tech issues here. He's trying to get back on. His camera, you could tell his reception a minute ago wasn't the best. So uh, he'll be back on with us hopefully in a few minutes. Shout out to Poe D. Jen Stoner uh, for the Ice Guys Drinks and Snacks Fund. Uh, appreciate it. 
Uh, thank you very much for the um, $2 dono. We appreciate it very much. And shout out to everyone in the chat joining us here on this Saturday uh, edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Uh, let's get into it. We'll start with the one and only Saturday afternoon game uh, taking place. Every other game tonight uh, on the uh, slate uh, is a night game, uh, except for this one. Uh, Anaheim taking on Philadelphia. We've got the Philadelphia Flyers, minus 190, uh, home favorites. Uh, six the total here, uh, pretty much across the board uh, in this game. Uh, as far as this game goes, um, Philadelphia playing some really good hockey. You know, we, we've got to give the Flyers their credit. Uh, because I tell you right now, not a lot of people expected them to be starting the season at four and uh, three, uh, perfect three and oh here uh, on home ice as well to begin the season. Uh, and they're coming off a uh, really convincing win over the Minnesota Wild, six to two. And they, it was every bit the six two score, uh, as it would indicate, because they were dominant for two periods. Really was only in the third period when Minnesota woke up a little bit, but. Uh, Philadelphia now playing good hockey, and even in their losses, man, they have been a very, very, very competitive outfit. Uh, and you have definitely seen some really good things early in the season here from the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, you look at the games they've lost. They had a 5-2 loss against Ottawa, and that was really the only loss they had this season where they lost by margin. 5-4 uh, overtime loss against the Dallas Stars, a very good hockey team, and they were right in the game. 3-2, they took the defending champs to the down to the wire. Uh, Vegas needing a goal in the final minute to win that game. So it's been very impressive from Philadelphia. That being said, this is the biggest favorite Philadelphia's been this year. And I'm not ready at all to trust them in this price range. In fact, they've gone, this is what's stunning to me about the price in this game. They have gone from being an underdog in every hockey game this year. They've been an underdog in every game. Uh, the only, the, the, the shortest underdog they were was their last game against Minnesota. They were only a plus one Oh five underdog, but they've been an underdog in every game this year, the Philadelphia Flyers, they go from being a dog in every game to now all of a sudden a minus one ninety favorite, uh, in this game. I'm on Anaheim here. Uh, it's to me, this is now, um, a price range where I like what Philly's doing, but Philly's not a minus one ninety team, not in my mind, unless they're playing. You know, someone is like San Jose or someone that's right there with San Jose and my power ratings. They can't be this high of a favorite. They can't. OK. Um, and probably if they were playing San Jose right now, they'd probably actually be over minus 200 favorite Philadelphia uh, in this game. But to me, this is this is the problem here. Philadelphia is now there's too much love, too much love. And this price is just a little too high right now on the Philadelphia Flyers against an Anaheim team that, you know, they don't have the rock with the record that Philadelphia does. Philly's four and three Anaheim's three and four, but I've, I've been impressed with Anaheim, you know, a lot, not, you know, I wouldn't say nearly as much as Philadelphia, but I've been impressed very much. So you look at their season lost to Vegas, the first game, no shame in that six, three win against Carolina. The very next night, very impressive win on a back to back. They took Dallas down to the wire, just like, Philadelphia did lost three two and in fact outshot Dallas in that game. They beat uh, they lost Arizona two to one, a close game, but they actually outplayed uh, Arizona. They deserved a better fate. Uh, three one loss to Boston in a game where they actually outshot the Bruins uh, in Anaheim. Three uh, two win against Columbus to start this road trip, and then the thrilling comeback the other night to beat Boston in the rematch against the Bruins four to three 
uh, in overtime. So to me, it's just minus 190. This is now the time, I think, to take a shot fading the Flyers. It's just this is a price range. I got to see it before I believe it with them uh, here uh, in this uh, game. And I get the early start time. That's definitely something to keep in mind because you've got the West Coast team playing at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern game. That's definitely uh, something that's probably factored in, and I understand it. But I still grabbed a little plus 160. Nothing significant. But I had to grab a little Anaheim here, plus 160, because to me, Philadelphia, while they're improving, while they've been working hard, tenacious, Carter Hart's been better uh, this season than we've seen in the years in years past. This is a big number, and it's too big, in my opinion, just a little too big. So did take a small shot with Anaheim. I am on some props here uh, in this game as well. Uh, Leo Carlson, I expect him to play. He's playing great right now for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, and uh, and by the way, we have goalies confirmed. We have Lucas Dostal for Anaheim, and we have Sam Erson is actually going to get the start here for uh, Philadelphia. So it's a Dostal versus Erson uh, battle uh, in net here uh, in this Ducks Flyers game. Uh, Dostal, I like this young kid. Uh, you know, nine two nine save percentage, two point three three goals against average. He's been sharp to begin the year, two and one record. Uh, Samuel Erson had some pretty good moments last year, but he did struggle in his first start of the season. He allowed five goals on 25 shots in that game against Dallas. That was his only start this year. So it's actually, I think, an advantage in net for the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, in this game with Dostal just a little bit. So more reasons to like Anaheim a little bit here. The props, I'm on Carlson goal and assist prop. I like it. Plus 295, plus 195 for those. McTavish goal, plus 360. Assist, plus 225. Frank Vitrano goal, plus 270. And then on the Philly side, Konechny plus 170 goal, Atkinson goal and assist. And I'm going with the guy that got his first two goals in the NHL the other night, Bobby Brink. Worth a look, and he's playing on the number one power play unit as well. Plus 340 to score a goal and plus 240 to get an assist. And we do have someone moving up the lineup to the second line for Philadelphia. Tyson Forster, uh, plus 330 to get a goal, plus 225 to get an assist. I think they're worth a look. Tyson Forster moving up to the top six and gets power play time as well. So. Value right there with Forster moving up the lineup. Alex, what do you think here? We've got Alex back, Anaheim, Philadelphia. Yeah, Alex, I would kind of wish this was a night game. I would be all over Anaheim at this price, but I'm a little bit hesitant, like I said. It's a bit of an early start time, even though they've been out east. But still, that's just that's just a little worrisome. And like I said, no way I'm laying a price with Philly, even in regulation. Uh, they've played well, but I think this is a, a tad bit inflated with a number. So we'll be on the air. This might be something I jump in and try to grab something live. Uh, maybe if it's kind of a quiet first period, then I would look to grab Ducks live. That, that's probably the strategy I'll have with this. All right. Next up is the uh, the rest of the games, by the way, are at night. Seattle and Florida. We've got Florida minus 140 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, here in this game. I'm on Seattle here. I like the Kraken at this price. Now, I'm not alone here because I got plus 135 on Seattle. This price has moved even further since then. It's down to plus 120 now uh, in the majority of books as far as the uh, total goes in this, or sorry, as the side goes in this Seattle-Florida game. Uh, we see last year Seattle won in Florida by a score of 5-2. to two. And in fact, in their inaugural season, Seattle came to Florida and beat this team. So I don't know what it is about uh, the, uh, the outskirts of Miami uh, and Sunrise, Florida, but Seattle's played very well here in this building. They've been, they're 2 0 as a franchise uh, here uh, in Florida, uh, taking on the uh, Panthers. Uh, they're on this road trip, and this is a Seattle team that are, are they going to go through the same things as last year, where they play better on the road than at home? 
Uh, it's too early to tell right now, small sample size, but I like the way they played on this road trip. They beat a, what was a surging Detroit Red Wings team, 5-4, uh, to uh, start this road trip. And the, the loss against Carolina was tough, but I like the way they played in that game. They had to rely on Decord a little bit. Carolina really pushed hard in the third period, got that game tied. Uh, and then eventually won it in overtime. But, no, I like the effort here from the Kraken on this road trip. And this Florida team, you know, you look at it, they've not gotten off to a great start. They're 2-3. and three. They lost to Minnesota. They lost to Winnipeg. They lost to Vancouver. They did beat New Jersey, but I think they caught New Jersey in a little bit of a, you know, look past them type of spot because New Jersey was coming off a win there. And then they beat a lousy worst team in the league, San Jose, uh, in their last game. So, you know, there's still issues, in my opinion, with the Panthers at this point in time, uh, and that definitely concerns me right now uh, with them. However, there is some good news on the uh, horizon here for uh, Florida. Barkov dealing with an illness, but will play here in this game after he missed the San Jose game. So that is good news for Florida. Their captain will return from an illness and be back in the lineup here tonight uh, for this game for the Florida Panthers. Um, I'll get to some props in a minute, but yes, I do like Seattle here a little bit in this game as a uh, plus money uh, underdog. Sergey Bobrovsky confirmed in net. I expect Grubauer for Seattle. Hasn't been confirmed, but I would think we'll we'll see him in between the pipes for the uh, Kraken here. Uh, Alex, any thoughts here? Seattle, Florida. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, before we went on the air, and I'm saying I, I want to play Seattle, but I don't know this, this what it is that's obviously the bad star. But but even that aside. Fading Florida in this spot and backing Seattle makes total sense. And, and like I said, maybe I'm, I'm overthinking it a little bit. So I'm probably going to just go on and play Seattle at plus 120. I didn't get, like I said, the great value you got, but it's still decent enough. And like I said, there's just two teams that, you know, they're right on the cusp of being really, really good, especially Seattle, right? Like, obviously, I believe a lot in Seattle, my team to win the cup. But I just think, yeah, maybe this is the road trip. You know, like I said, we talked about with Buffalo. You said, you know, they need to get on the road kind of get things cleared and, and, and start winning games again, you know, beating teams that you should be able to beat. Florida's one of those teams. And I think it's kind of a, a trickier spot. So yeah, not, not overthinking. Just go with Seattle on the money line. All right. Seattle plus plus one twenty. as far as props go for uh, this game. Um, there are a couple that are uh, uh, of interest to me. Uh, Seattle, uh, you know, you look at them, you're right. Maddie Beneers is a due to finally find the uh, back of the net. Hasn't happened yet, but I'll tell you someone who is starting to heat up and, he figured it was a slow start to the year, but he's starting to come along. He had a goal and an assist against Carolina. He's actually had four assists in the last four games, six points in the last four games, Oliver Bjorkstrand. He is starting to get go He's streaky, too. That's another thing about Oliver Bjorkstrand. He'll go in a drought for several games, and then he'll have like a seven, eight-game stretch where he piles up like 10 or 11 points. That's the way it can work with a guy like that. And right now, Oliver Bjorkstrand for Seattle uh, is starting to heat up right now. So, his props are probably of interest to me uh, in this game. Uh, we don't have anything significant here as far as lineup changes for Seattle. Obviously, Dave Haxtell's like the work ethic from his group, the effort uh, from his group. But yeah, Oliver Bjorkstrand. And how do we not go back to Ty Cartier again? As long as that guy stays on the top line, uh, playing alongside Beneers and Eberly, I mean, he's definitely going to have good value. No question about that. For the Florida side, you know, don't overthink it. Sam Reinhardt's been the guy carrying this team. Uh, shots on goal and the goal prop for him. You know, I do like both of those involving Sam Reinhardt. Uh, Evan Rodriguez is probably not a bad option, too, on that top line. He's undervalued as far as shots on goal, goal prop, assist prop. Um, what, what else do we see here? Uh, uh, Cuban Wayne Gretzky likes E2. 
uh, our guy, Cool Mint Loose Dorenan, who did get an assist against San Jose. That was his first point of the season, believe it or not. So it's been a very, very slow start for him. Uh, but we'll see if that uh, picking up an assist, picking up an, a point against San Jose maybe gets him going uh, a little bit. So those are the main props for me there with Seattle, Florida. And a big thank you to David Shelton, $9.99 dono from him. Just want to spread some good karma. Appreciate you guys. And right back at you. We appreciate yeah. you very much, David. You've been, uh, I like when you uh, post your winning tickets and, you know, based on listening to the show and some advice that you get from Alex and I, and it's, we love seeing that. Trust me. It warms, uh, warms our heart when we see our yeah. listeners and our viewers winning. Uh, that's what we're here to try to help you do. All right. Winnipeg and Montreal. We've got Winnipeg minus 150. Home fav road favorites, I should say, six and a half the total. I love the way the Jets are playing right now. Really, really good hockey. Almost like, you know, we are coming to play here for our head coach, uh, Rick Bonus. Uh, it's been a very, very solid beginning uh, to the uh, road trip here for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you know, and what they, well, they, they started actually without bonus with the win against St. Louis. Went on the road, beat a really good Detroit team that had been playing well. So definitely got to like the uh, start that we have seen here. No question about it. Uh, from this uh, Winnipeg Jets team. Uh, on the flip side, you've got uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Credit to them. I mean, started slowly against Columbus the other night, came back and won uh, in overtime. Colt Caulfield with uh, some overtime heroics, helping the uh, Canadiens uh, get the uh, victory uh, in that game. Uh, you look at the uh, recent series history, Winnipeg's won three of the last four uh, here between these two teams. Uh, and playing some really good hockey. And look, they don't haven't even had they haven't even had Gabe Velarde since the early part of the season. Remember, he got injured like the first week or so uh, of the regular season. And yet yeah, Winnipeg's been able to carry on uh, and get enough offense. Uh, you know, they've gotten good contributions really from everyone. You know, they haven't necessarily seen Kyle Connor go nuts so far this year, although he does have five goals or Shifley even uh, so far. But they are getting you know, all kinds of different contributions, the Winnipeg Jets. You know, they're getting Cole Perfetti stepping up for them. Uh, Mason Appleton's chipped in for them. So it really has been a nice uh, effort from them up front as far as getting production from a variety uh, of sources. Uh, I'm looking to see if we've got the goaltenders confirmed. We do. It's going to be Jake Allen uh, in net for Montreal tonight, and it's going to be Laurent Brossois uh, going to get another start here for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Makes sense you know, him playing in uh, Montreal. But uh, you look at his uh, numbers against the Canadians, it's been a rough go for him uh, in his career against them. 4.55 goals against 864 save percentage. He did lose his one start this year for Winnipeg against his old team. Of course, the Vegas Golden Knights, they gave him that start uh, and Winnipeg lost that game 5-3 to three, uh, was the uh, final score. I, I actually now lean a little bit over this total with the goaltending matchup. I'm not a big Jake Allen guy, as you guys know. Uh, he didn't have a great year last year, struggled in the preseason. This year, his numbers are actually, actually, they're pretty solid. 2.58 goals against 929 save percentage and 2-0 uh, in his starts this year. Can he keep that going is the big question. I'm not so sure. I lean Winnipeg, but I, I'll, I don't want to lay this price on the road with Brossois and Nett. If it was Hellebuck, I'd be more interested in laying a number. And even then, I don't know if I would. But definitely with Brosswan, that I won't be laying minus 150 with Montreal. But I also don't want to go in front of them either right now. I mean, they're playing really good on this road trip, and it's almost like this band together for our head coach type of mindset that they've taken here uh, so far in these last few games. So a small bet over six and a half for me. I'll get to some props after we hear from Alex. What do you think here? Jets, Habs. 
Yeah, it's a, a live game for me, and it's funny. Uh, Cuban Wayne Gretzky in the chat mentioned about how Josh Anderson dominates uh, Hellebuck and the Jets, and that's probably the reason why they're going with Bissau. That he hasn't had the, the best of records. And this, some teams, you know, we talked about that with him and against LA. There's just some goalies who, as good as they are, just some teams they don't play well against, and, and you have to just kind of you know react and, and read with that and move move along. So Bissau, as good as he was in Vegas. You know, we obviously know that a lot of it had to do with the Vegas team in front of him and that great defense. So I think we have to kind of maybe rank him down a little bit as far as back. He's still one of the better backups in the league, but he's not going to be what we saw in Vegas, I think, with this Winnipeg team. Even though they're playing better hockey, he, he's just going to be maybe missing a little bit there. So with that being said, I like the over, but I'm going to look for first half, first period rather, and full game overs uh, at a, a, a better price. I'm looking for a five and a half. I'm looking for that one and a half at plus money with this game. All right, there we go. Good stuff indeed. And yeah, I think live over might be worth a lot. As far as the props go for uh, this uh, matchup, uh, Ayafalo is still of interest to me on the uh, top line. Is again undervalued on that unit compared to Shifley and Connor. Um, you know, it, you know what's funny is they've uh, they've gotten such you know s- scoring from a bunch of different sources, but. Mason Appleton might be worth a look here. He's got three points and a couple of goals in the last two games here for the Winnipeg Jets. So a little undervalued, might be some value with the props there for uh, Mason Appleton tonight. Uh, For Montreal, it's funny. I thought for sure I'd be betting Raphael Harvey Pinard more, but even though he's been on the top line, he's gone five games without a point for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So I feel like I got to wait to see some production from him before I'm ready to take props involving him, you know, for me, it would be, you know, Anderson does have a good track record against the jets, but again, that's mostly uh, Connor Hellebuck history. And he's been kind of cold lately. Cole Caulfield has been the guy that, you know, what you're going to get every game. You're usually going to get something from him. Uh, there's no question. So uh, you definitely could see that. And I'll throw one out at you right now. You talk about defensemen that are underrated, undervalued Mike Matheson folks. This guy is the best prop. I think for Montreal tonight, he scored in back-to-back games. He has three points in the last two games. He's shooting the puck a lot. He's playing on the number one power play unit. And you can get incredible prices on this guy to score a goal right now. Mike Matheson here for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. We've talked about him in the past. Um, He's been a big source of their offense. And you can get plus 500 for him to uh, score a a goal in this game at FanDuel. Let me see if I can better that price at all. But even if it's plus 500 is definitely worth a shot. But, um, yeah, plus 500 looks like the best that's out there. That's that's a really good look. Uh, he's shooting the puck a lot. He's fine in the back of the net. There's no question. Uh, it's a good look right now with what he is doing for the Montreal Canadiens, shooting the puck a lot and fine in the back of the net, playing on the power play as well. All right, Toronto and Nashville. We've got Toronto minus 135 road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Here's another team on this road trip. I, I, I want to say they're playing good hockey. But sometimes when you win two in a row, it's not necessarily good hockey. You know what I mean? Like they haven't played phenomenal, the Leafs, in these two wins. Washington took it to them. They needed Joel Wool to be a brick wool. And apparently he wants to pronounce Wool now, not Wall. So there you go. That's why it's Wool now. Uh, Joseph Wool uh, for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And look, uh, you look at his performance lately, um, he's been spectacular. You know, they didn't play great against Washington, but he played great and they won. They didn't play great against Dallas. Especially in the, I thought the first period they played great, but in the last two periods they didn't, uh, and uh, he had to be fantastic again, and it fa- and that helped find their way against Dallas, 
but a big victory against a really good Dallas Stars team. So Joe Wool has been a big proponent of why they've won these last couple games when maybe the entire team hasn't played a great 60-minute game. That might have to change because uh, tonight it's going to be uh, Ilya Samsonov uh, back in net for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think you do need to get him back in. He has obviously struggled a bit this year, and that's putting it mildly. I mean, his numbers definitely have aren't very good. 4.35 goals against, 831 save percentage. Yet he is 2-1 and one as a starter because the Leafs scored a bunch of goals and uh, a couple of those wins that Samsonov got. But there's no doubt he was fighting the puck a little bit. Uh, you could tell that he was definitely you know, not seeing things as well as he normally would. And I implore all of you, if you can, go to the Leaf YouTube channel, watch the media availability from yesterday after practice because Ilya Samsonov talks and he is about as brutally honest and open about some mental health struggles that he's been going through during this little rough patch here uh, this first month, seeing that, hey, I'm struggling. You know, it's a pressure market, obviously playing in Toronto, seeing Joseph Wall, you know, get the starts lately and play so well. He's trying to find his game again. And you talk about honesty, man. Uh, he he was refreshingly honest talking about it. I think he said something along those lines where, how do you feel at this moment in time? Was I, I, I would say, I would say I'm great, but it would be a lie. I feel like shit. He said, he said something like that uh, during his uh, press conference yesterday. Um, I, I applaud him for that. That's not easy in that market. With that media throng that can be pack of vultures sometimes, the Toronto Maple Leaf media or any yeah. team in a major market, to be that you know honest and forthright about what you're going through. Um, but he talked about you know I've had to lean on my wife and lean on my family, and he was talking about it. it, it my my family's all upset and sad when they see what's going on right now with in, involving me with the hockey. Uh, so it's uh, it's it was just it was really something to hear him be that open you know about everything he's been uh battling in this little uh, rough patch he's gone through so but he says at the end of the day you know i gotta just work on my game fix it uh, and i gotta just focus on me you know i'm not worried about what the joe is doing joe wall i'm not worried about what you know that how the team is playing overall i need to worry about my own game and just my own process so this is a fascinating watch tonight for me how does Ilya Samsonov respond? Because we know he's been battling some stuff. Uh, this has clearly not been easy on him seeing this rough start to the year. And clearly mentally, it's uh, it's taken a toll. But we'll see how he fares tonight uh, in net as he gets that uh, option. And Sheldon Keefe was very, very good about it, too, when he talked to the media. He said, you know, this is a guy that was a damn good goalie for us last year. Like, let's take a breath. It's almost like he was telling the media, hey, fuck off, guys. Well, you know, leave the guy alone. You know, don't badger him to, as much as you, you are right now. It's almost like he's saying, you know what, uh, leave the guy alone. You know, he's fine. He's a damn good goalie for us. Let's just give him the time, the space he needs to get his game back. You know, so credit to Sheldon. He's treating this, you know, matter with with dignity and with respect, in my opinion, to Ilya Samsonov. So that was really good to see. As far as betting this game, it's tough. It's tough because Toronto's the better team. Toronto's playing well on this road trip. They should beat Nashville. But do I want to lay minus 135 when I know they're putting a goalie in that's definitely been battling some confidence issues lately? No, I don't want to lay this price on the road uh, with him in that situation, in this situation, with the Leafs in this situation, with 
because I just don't know what we're going to get from uh, Ilya Samsonov tonight. And plus, it's not just on him. There were some games when Samsonov was in net, too, that they they really, really didn't play well in front of him in a couple of those games. So the Leaf defense needs to have some blame as well for that. Uh, Jake McCabe, speaking of the Leaf defense, he's out. Uh, he got injured during the Washington game. It looks like he is out uh, for this game here tonight against the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, UC Soros has been confirmed uh, in net tonight for the uh, Predators uh, in this game. We'll see if he is uh, able to uh, have a, a pretty good performance here for the um, Nashville Predators in this one. I think if you look at the uh, series history, Toronto's really done a nice job against Nashville. Uh, they have won four of the last five meetings. They won in Nashville last year uh, by a score of 3-2. Yeah, I lean Leafs, but I, I feel like this is a game where I want to bet the Leafs live if I see real good performance early from the team and from Samsonov in particular. If I see him confident, if I see him making some big saves, it's like, wow, he, he might be getting his game back. And then maybe I'll jump on Toronto live rather than bet them pregame when it's still a bit of an unknown. Uh, as far as props go for uh, this uh, matchup here with the uh, Leafs and the uh, Predators, uh, William Nylander was just outstanding the other night. Tyler Bertuzzi got going. Tyler Bertuzzi, I think, has found something with Tavares and Nylander. Since he got put on that line, uh, he's been noticeable. He might be a good prop player tonight as well. Uh, Nyes continues to be undervalued as well. So there's a couple of looks on the uh, Toronto side. And here's one I'll throw out there. Talk about defensemen that are all of a sudden stepping up and making plays and producing offensively. I don't know what's gotten into Morgan Riley, but I've said for years, Morgan Riley's had the capability for his whole career of being a pretty good offensive defenseman, but he doesn't always think to do that. A lot of times he's cautious. A lot of times he tries to play defense first uh, and now, all of a sudden, here on this road trip, he's got two goals and two assists, four points in the last two games, uh, Morgan Riley. So keep an eye on this emerging situation here. And Morgan Riley's jumping into the play more. He's becoming more active offensively, uh, keeping plays alive in the O zone. He's plus 750 at FanDuel to score a goal. Now, can we get? Can we trust him to score three a goal three games in a row? I don't know, but he's scored in back-to-back -back games. Four points in the last two games. So Riley goal at plus 750 and Riley assist at plus 126. I think they're really good bets, really good value. Clearly, he's got some offensive swagger, offensive mojo, offensive confidence going uh, from the blue line right now for Toronto. So, yeah, Morgan Riley for sure has got um, some value with his props based on the uh, offensive surge we've seen from him the last uh, couple of games. And then on the Nashville side, as far as uh, props involving them, we, I think we do have to give a look a look here toward O'Reilly Auto Parts. He wasn't a Leaf for very long, but it is still a former team. Of course, O'Reilly now with Nashville. He's probably going to want to make an impact. He does have two goals, two assists on the season uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators. I think this could be a good night to maybe look at a, uh, a Ryan O'Reilly prop here in this game. Uh, for the uh, Predators uh, and see if he can find the uh, back of the net. Goal assist prop for him makes sense uh, as well, centering that top line with Forsberg and Parson. And Colton Sissons has chipped in a lot this year as well, so don't sleep on him uh, either. Uh, they've moved up Samuel Fajemo uh, as well to the uh, top line, and he scored against San Jose. He might be a little bit undervalued currently uh, at this point in time. And I think there was someone else. Well, I've, I've said Thomas Novak a bunch of times. Uh, he's got two goals and three points the last two games. 
His props, I think he's always live. And how about Kiefer Sherwood? Here's one, an under-the-radar bargain bin potential here for Nashville. Kiefer Sherwood, two goals and three points in the last two games for the uh, Nashville Predators, and he is plus 500 to score a goal. So Kiefer Sherwood might have a little bit of value uh, right now for the Nashville Predators tonight in this game. All right, we've lost Alex again. Hopefully we'll get him back. In the meantime, we'll roll along. New York Islanders, Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, Islanders minus 150 road favorite, six the total here in this game. This is a tricky one. Islanders, obviously, uh, coming off the win against Ottawa uh, the other night. Semyon Varlamov, by the way, has already been confirmed uh, in net here for the uh, Islanders tonight in this game. Uh, we expect Spencer Martin to get a start tonight. I know it's been Merzlikens the last couple games, but it kind of looks like we might see Spencer Martin tonight uh, in this one. I, I don't think I'll be betting the side here. Uh, Islanders, no, definitely not laying a price with the Islanders, minus 150. But... You know, this is a team in theory that even though I've got my issues with the Islanders, you know, I'm not overly high on them, even though they've, you know, they've won a few games here, Arizona, Buffalo and Ottawa. Uh, and this is a team they should beat. Here's the thing with the Islanders. We know they're going to struggle when they play good teams and they lo lose to New Jersey. They lose to Colorado. Not surprising. The best teams are going to beat the Islanders. But, you know, teams in their weight class, you know, Ottawa's OK, but they're you know good, but not great. They're more toward the Islanders weight class. And Islanders beat them. Islanders beat Buffalo. Islanders beat Arizona. So this is a beatable team for the uh, New York Islanders. I think they'll probably win, but I don't want to lay minus 150. Plus, you got to give Spencer Martin his due. If he does start, he was good the last time we saw him. He did play well. So we'll see if he can uh, carry that over here uh, into this game. This is more of a prop game for me. We've got Alex back, looks like, on his phone uh, here because of his damn connection issues. Yeah, but we got him back. One. Yeah, that's all right, Alex. You're hanging in there. We we, we appreciate it. Um, let's go back to the last game because you didn't get a chance to say anything about it yet. Toronto and Nashville. Uh, what do you like there? Yeah, like I was going to say, that's a, that's a game I'm looking at live. And like I said, uh, very commendable what you mentioned about with uh, some sewn off. You know, it's, it's tough when you're, when you're going through a rough patch in anything. Uh, you know, it, it you know work, it can trickle into your, your you know, personal life and vice versa. So uh, for him to address that and, and, and you know, get ahead of that that's always a you know commendable thing so hopefully i uh, wish him the best uh you know mentally and, and playing well also you know this is it's a good leafs team or the fact that wall has stepped up now and, and you know shown that he can be uh a formidable goaltender you know that should take some pressure off of him just you know alone you don't have to be the main guy you know i know that's what they want of you in toronto like I said you know that's what the media you know they're, they're pushing you know everything's uh you know turned up to a thousand uh as far as the maple leafs goes but now you can you know you should be able to rest on that that you have somebody there who can carry the load if you're not playing that well and that's been the case right now so go in beat a, a good nashville team you know at least good at home uh their offense is, is still a bit suspect so i can't even look at a total in that game it's gonna be a, a live look and i probably would hope for toronto to maybe trail early grab them plus money we've seen them do that quite often so far as year. they've been the, the comeback kids so that that may be the way i attack that game yeah, as far as props go uh, for uh, Islanders and uh, Penguins, um, Noah Dobson, here's, I'm, I'm, it's a theme, but I'm telling you, the value is just so plentiful with the defensemen that are on the power play. They shoot the puck a lot, and they're producing. Check, check, check for Noah Dobson right now for the New York Islanders. It's a terrific, you know, anything with him. Shots on goal, goal prop, assist prop. Could even go on a power play a point prop as well for him. Uh, I like all those uh, potentials. Uh, for him uh, right now. 
uh, for the uh, New York Islanders. He's been very good uh, as of uh, late for them. Even uh, Kyle Palmieri lately has been uh, chipping in uh, offensively for the uh, New York Islanders, which has been good to see. Matt Barzell's on a four-game assist streak. No goals, but four-game assist streak. So maybe you look at the assist prop is specifically for him. So some good options there. How about, for, how about for the Columbus Blue Jackets? Now, it's always dicey because the Islanders don't always give up a ton of goals, uh, but they don't have Sor Sorokin tonight. It is Varlamov, so maybe there's some opportunities. But there's two guys, three that stand out for Columbus right now. Jack Roslovic, we cashed another one with him. This guy is proving to Pascal Vincent why Pascal Vincent has put him on the top line. He's been good. He's been really good since they put him on the top line. He scored in back-to-back -back games for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, including the overtime winner last weekend uh, when they played the uh, uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, Jack Roslovic, uh, as long as he's up there with Gaudreau and with Boone Jenner on that top line, he's got tremendous prop value. Uh, Adam Fantilli, goal prop, assist prop, he's been noticeable in every game, going to the areas where you need to score and produce. That's what you want to see from a rookie. He's been doing it. And how about Emil Bemstrom? I've mentioned, I think I mentioned him a couple games ago, but all of a sudden, playing more on the power play, three goals in the last two games for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's been producing quite a bit. So there's some uh, really, really good value here on the Columbus side. If you mentioned Fantilli, if you mentioned Bemstrom, and certainly Jack Roslovic, as long as he remains on the uh, top line uh, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets right now. All right, Ottawa Pittsburgh. Uh, we've got the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins minus 150 home favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. I like the over, but it's moved, and I knew it would. Uh, and that's why I bet it overnight because I've said this is already six and a half with juice. But we've definitely seen the majority of books move this total to seven uh, in the course of the last 12 hours or so. Uh, but I agree with it. Uh, I think you're going to see some goals in this game. Pittsburgh's offense which kind of dried up a little bit there for a couple games, came back to life with a very impressive four-goal effort and a shutout over the Colorado Avalanche the other night. Definitely got to give the Penguins their due for that, playing really well. I mean, this is a chance maybe for Pittsburgh to get on a little bit of a roll, feel good about themselves. Uh, I'm certainly tapping out as far as uh, betting Ottawa right now. Uh, this is an Ottawa team that's got all kinds of issues. They're dealing with Shane Pinto's sports betting-related suspension. Uh, off the ice. They've got multiple defensemen now, cluster injuries forming uh, on the blue line right now. That's not a bet on situation when you've got three starting D, uh, Artem Zub, Eric Brandstrom, and of course the most notable of them all, Thomas Shabbat, uh, all out for the uh, Ottawa Senators. I'm trying to see who the hell they're going to fill this depth with. I've, I, and I'm, wow. Jake Sanderson and Hamannick, that's good. I love Sanderson. He's having a great year. Jacob Chikrin, Jacob Bernard Docker, it's going to be your top four. And Bernard Docker just got called up, but Bernard Docker's played a lot with Ottawa over the last couple of years. He's played a handful of games with them. So he's not, he's familiar at least with playing in the NHL. But uh, if you were to look at the third pairing tonight for Ottawa and ask who, huh, what, uh, you know, who's that guy? I'm sure the casual hockey fan would be saying that. You've got uh, Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Matinpalo and Tyler Clevin uh, that are going to be on the third pair tonight for the uh, Ottawa Senators. So uh, these are two newbies. These are two guys I've definitely never seen them in the NHL uh, playing for the uh, Ottawa Senators right now. So um, that's a that's a third pair that definitely would have me worried. You know, first game in the NHL, and they're going to play together. 
Oh my goodness. You know, DJ Smith's going to play his top four a lot. You know, he's probably going to try to keep the ice time at least a little bit more at a minimum, minimum there uh, for Matt and Paulo and for uh, Clevin on that third pair, you know, play the shit out of Sanderson, Hamannick and Chikrin uh, in particular. Um, but yeah, that's a definitely a thin blue line right now uh, for the uh, Ottawa Senators, which is also why I like this over the, the uh, to begin with. I knew this would be a shorthanded depleted blue line. It's not like I love Pittsburgh's blue line. I know they shut out Colorado, but and it was a really good game actually from Jari. But you know, we know with this Pittsburgh team, there's still some issues at the back end with uh, Carlson, who's more of an offensive guy. Latang's defensive game has slipped over the years. Jari will be back in net, but let's dare him to play well again. Sometimes that doesn't happen, stringing two great games in a row for that guy. Corpusalo in net for Ottawa, and he's given up goals lately, and I think part of it is the weaker blue line in front of him. So uh, I like over six and a half. There are still a couple of books that have six and a half, not many. Most have gone to seven. If you can only find a seven, you know what to do. If you, if you like the over, you know what to do. And, and if it's seven at your book, you wait five minutes or so, and you hopefully get a six-and-a-half live in-game at some point. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Ottawa, Pittsburgh? Yeah, with a seven, yeah. You really only have to wait about maybe one or two scoreless minutes for that six-and-a-half to pop, and it will drop pretty quickly to about 140 or 130. Um, I, this is interesting. I, you know, Like I said, Ottawa is going through so much right now. Pittsburgh's not a team that I'm always trusting uh, these days, but I I had a gut feeling, and I'm rolling with it. I'm taking the Penguins on the puck line, laying the one and a half. I got plus one sixty. You can find that points, but anything plus one fifty to one sixty is pretty solid. But uh, I, I think, like I said, Ottawa's just reeling right now, and Pittsburgh's got some good momentum. They could they could make this game kind of ugly. Like I said, this total is high for a reason. There's going to be goals, but I think it's mostly on the Pittsburgh side. So uh, I'm going to lay the puck line here with, with the Pens. All right, Pittsburgh puck line here for uh, Alex B. Smith with Senators and uh, Penguins in this one. Uh, Prop-wise in this game, um, I'm trying to – Brian Rust, Malkin, Crosby. Crosby, I liked Crosby the last game only because he was playing Colorado. He's playing his boy. He's playing his buddy, you know, his bosom buddy from uh, Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, Nate McKinnon. You didn't think you, – you, you didn't think – you thought – you didn't think uh, Sidney Crosby was going to play well in that game. But Nathan McKinnon on the other side, Absolutely. Uh, so that's why I, I jumped in on some Crosby props, actually, before that Colorado game. But especially Rust, especially Malkin, uh, they've been really reliable and chipping in at the offensive end of the ice for the uh, Penguins. Uh, Riley Smith, too, who they got from Vegas in, in the offseason, he's really started to percolate the last couple of games as well, including two goals against uh, Colorado. Once that guy finds his footing, you know, he's usually someone you can rely on for a constant production. And then on the uh, flip side for uh, Ottawa, as far as props go for them, I'm, they've definitely made some shakeups in their D. I'm trying to see who's going to play the power play here for Ottawa tonight. Uh, number one unit, Sanderson still. Sanderson is still undervalued. Goal prop, assist prop, power play point prop. Anything for Jake Sanderson is great. Don't sleep on Chikrin, too. Jacob Chikrin's another defenseman. Don't be scared to bet his props right now. This guy this season for the uh, Ottawa Senators has seven points for them. Uh, in the uh, first uh, seven games. So he's basically a point-per-game defenseman right now. Seven points for Jake Chikrin. Goals in each of the last two games for him uh, as well. So if you go with Sanderson and Chikrin props tonight for this Ottawa team, chances are you're going to hit one of them for a goal and an assist prop because both of them have been in on the offense so much. Whatever offense Ottawa's been getting, Chikrin's had a hand in it. Sanderson has had a hand in it for the uh, Ottawa Senators. So 
Those are really good value props there as far as I'm concerned in this game. Uh, Tarasenko and Norris would probably be the forwards I like the most. Uh, Tarasenko has been producing three goals and six points in the last five games for him. And Josh Norris, since he came back from the injury, uh, three goals and a point in every game and three goals and a grand total of five points in four games for Josh Norris since returning. So those are the Ottawa props there that I would be circling uh, in this game. All right, Detroit, Boston, Boston minus 180 home favorite, six, the total here in this game, uh, a stunning turnaround for the Anaheim Ducks where, you know, I counted that game as a loss. I'll be honest, Boston Bruins at home, that defense, that goaltending up three, one with four minutes to go that, that this game's over. Apparently not <laughs> Anaheim. Wow. Striking twice in the last couple of minutes to tie the game 3-3, and then they end up winning in overtime. 4-3, uh, the comeback. That was a plus 270 uh, winner for me with the uh, Anaheim Ducks. And for Alex, Alex was on it. Hell, Jimmy Murphy was on it. Uh, he knows his Bruins covering them all this time, and he knew that they were maybe vulnerable in that spot. So that was a terrific, terrific uh, casher uh, on Thursday night with the uh, Anaheim Ducks as the big dog against the uh, Boston Bruins. I think Boston will be a little pissed that they let that game slip away. We'll see if they can uh, bounce back here uh, against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Don't look now. Detroit's starting to cool off just slightly. You know, I don't want to make a big – it's not like they're uh, on a skid all of a sudden, but they have lost two in a row. They lose to Seattle in overtime and Winnipeg 4-1. to one. And uh, offensively, finally, they got cooled off uh, by the uh, Winnipeg Jets. There's not many games this year. Detroit's been held below three goals, and uh, that happened to them. Uh, against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. We'll see if they can get that offense uh, revved up again here in this game. Not going to be easy against what you think normally is a stingy Bruins team. A Bruins team that I know is going to not take take it to heart that they blew a lead. That's not something that normally happens to that team. So you knew that bothered them. Uh, no question about that. Uh, and maybe you're seeing some regression from Detroit. There's our guy, straight bet Ben in the chat. Good to see him. Uh, remember, he was on our show a few times last year. You are right. If you're into those analytics numbers, and I'm, I don't marry myself to the analytics, as you know. Uh, I know some betters do, and we know baseball teams do, and it drives me nuts. Managers, a lot of them, they don't even manage based on gut feel or the flow of the game anymore. They just say, you know what? We see the numbers here. This guy can't face this guy third time in the lineup. Take him out, even though he's rolling through five innings, hasn't given up a run. We'll take him out anyway because, no, can't see him face the third the lineup a third time. It's totally absurd. How about a little gut feel? How about a little see the flow of the game and use my eyes, you know, to make decisions? But no, we got to use the analytics. So that's why I'm kind of negative on it. But I use them, but I don't totally, you know, base my decisions yeah. off them. They're a piece of the puzzle, a small piece of the puzzle. But the point you're making, Ben, for sure is right about Detroit. Detroit, their expected goals numbers didn't match their actual numbers. Like their expected goals numbers were below the numbers that they were actually putting up. So maybe we are seeing some offensive regression uh, from them uh, right now. And like I say, not going to be easy to bet, uh, beat uh, Boston here or score on Boston, given uh, the Bruins defensive uh, prowess to, to, to show you how good Boston's been defensively. They hadn't given up a, a more than two goals in a game until that Anaheim collapse the other night. And even then they were, had given up one goal with like two minutes left and then bang, bang, they strike for two at the end of the third, and then they win in overtime. So it's been a very, very good, tight, uh, very, very strong defense 
for the Boston Bruins early in the season, and both Allmark and Swayman have been good. So this is a pass for me. It, it really is. I, I don't want to lay this price with Boston uh, in, in this spot, this kind of price. Detroit's been good enough that I don't want to lay a number like this against them. But I do worry that Detroit's coming back to the pack a little bit. The offense is starting to, you know, like I say, it's cooling off because, look, they couldn't sustain what they were doing uh, indefinitely. Not going to be easy here to score on the road against a Bruins team that I don't think is going to be in a good mood after dropping that game against Anaheim the other night. What do you think here, Alex? Red Wings, Bruins. Yeah, great point about the uh, with the analytics and, and how it can be overkill. You know, people forget that with Moneyball, the Oakland A's still haven't won shit. So uh, with this game, <laughs> Detroit and Boston. Excellent like point. Said, Excellent yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the Wings, like I said, they've cooled off a bit, but it's one of those, you know, I'm you definitely have to watch the beginning of this game to see what kind of style this is going to take place because you always say styles make fights. Boston being pissed off with the way that Detroit has been playing for the most part, you know, offensive but more up tempo. Could this wake up Boston to where they actually have a good first period? Yeah, I've been really bullish on tr- trying to back them you know, with these first period overs. I got burned a couple times. I said, I'm going to stay away from them in this spot. But I think Detroit could at least make things interesting to where this is a great live full game over uh, spot. And and this definitely will be a spot if it's, you know, kind of tight in the first period. I'll be looking for that second period over. Something we kind of do more on the bet cast uh, than, say, I, I do on an average just regular night. So I have the second period circled and I have a, a you know full over circled. So I'm looking for, a, you know, five and a half a plus money, even a four and a half, maybe laying a, a price if this is kind of tight. But I just definitely want to wait and watch the first five minutes see where the pace of things are going. As far as a side goes, I would lean toward Boston, uh, maybe even Boston in regulation. That's a little bit you know higher of a price than I would like to, to, to back because what did we see with Boston last year? For all the wins, when they did lose, we kind of tend to see them lose maybe two or three games you know, right away after having those big runs. So that's something you want to be kind of cautious about too. Any of these teams that had their first loss, Vegas, we'll be talking about in a little bit, uh, Colorado, you know, you have to be kind of careful when those teams get hot and go on these big runs and they finally lose, then they can kind of turn into all of a sudden, oh, they've lost two or three. They've lost three or four, three or five. So just be clear of that. Yeah, no question. Uh, I get it, Major Tom. And I know yeah, I see the Red Wing logo in your uh, display picture. You're probably a Detroit fan. But I I agree. I mean, I would, I would probably take Detroit before I lay with Boston uh, because Detroit's done enough in my eyes that say, you know what, plus 160. I get it. They're coming back to earth, but you look at it, Boston, you know, I think for the most part, Boston's dominated Detroit here in this building. I'm just going back and look. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been pretty good for Boston here hosting Detroit 19 and seven. Uh, the last 26 times the Bruins have hosted the Red Wings and just in the shorter term, as far as a series history, um, Boston is uh, one, I think four or five in a row hosting Detroit. So yeah, Detroit hasn't had much success here uh, in uh, TD Garden the last uh, few but years. Far to as be Boston, fair, yeah. to be fair, those are some really bad Detroit teams too. They were. So. And better Boston teams. And, and there's a good Boston team. I don't know if it's a yep. great Boston right. team. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. It's a, it's an interesting game. This is definitely – I want to see how Detroit plays early. I want to see how they look. I want to see how Boston looks uh, early before deciding if I'm going to get involved here. Prop-wise, I do have a couple. Uh, I do have a couple here. It looks like, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I'm still going with Joe Valeno until proven otherwise. I know he finally didn't score the other night, but constant value with him. I'd be cautious on going with a lot of Detroit props. It could be a night where it's tough for them to find the back of the net, but I do like Valeno. 
uh, a little bit. And, and maybe Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond's streaky. He finally scored the other night. I, I could maybe look in that direction. As far as Boston goes, uh, you know, there's a couple that uh, – Matt Patra is always, to me, going to be worth a look. Uh, he has got three goals in the last three games. He's got points in three straight games. This guy can't be sent down. Uh, he's been very good for the uh, Boston Bruins. There's no question uh, about that. So uh, definitely some interest there with uh, Potra again, as far as props go for the uh, Boston Bruins. And of course, you know, he seems to find the back of the net so often, you know, you have no value anymore with him. But, you know, Pasternak continues to do Pasternak things. He had a goal and an assist against Anaheim. So we'll see if he's able to uh, find the uh, back of the net here tonight for them as well. Uh, all right, New York Rangers, Vancouver Canucks. We've got the uh, Rangers minus 170 road favorites here. The Rangers, a big number here in Vancouver, just because Vancouver's on a back-to-back. I mean, this feels a little disrespectful to the Vancouver Canucks here. Total six in this game. It's Vancouver or nothing for me. And I like the Rangers right now, but we're going to give the Rangers a, a ton of fucking praise for beating the two shit bag teams right now in Alberta, Calgary and uh, Edmonton back-to-back. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's uh, uh, all that impressive to me, quite honestly, beating those teams. They're a mess right now. Uh, I like what I see from Vancouver. I just think it's a little nuts here to be putting the Rangers out there minus 170. I get it. It's a back-to-back for Vancouver. But back-to-back home games, no travel. It is a rest advantage for the Rangers, no doubt. Um, But I think when you look at it, it just feels like this is um, a little too high of a price to me for the Rangers. So I... I might sprinkle a little on Vancouver. Nothing significant because I do like what I'm seeing on this road trip from the Rangers, especially defensively. Now, it, which has been impressive, and the Seattle win as well. I mean, this has been a this has been a great, great road trip. Three and zero, and they've given up two goals in the three games combined. Four one win against Seattle. Three one win against Calgary. Three nothing against the Oilers. So they have been absolutely outstanding. Uh, this. Um, the Rangers team on this road trip. But again, two of the three wins were against teams that are just can't get out of their own way right now, Calgary and Edmonton. So that's why I think I don't want to, I don't want to overvalue. I don't want to overvalue those two wins that the New York Rangers had. Um, Tough game. It really is. I mean, the Rangers are playing well, but I just can't give you too much credit for Calgary and Edmonton wins right now when they are awful. Uh, Vancouver has done nothing wrong. They've been able to find ways to win. Uh, they were a good end of the road trip. They've now won three in a row. Um, we'll have to see who's in net for Vancouver tonight. Obviously, last night it was Thatcher Demko in net, which means Casey DeSmith uh, is going to be in net tonight. I don't know if I, that bothers me too much, though. Yeah, Casey DeSmith's yeah. a veteran backup goalie. His numbers are very good this year. 2.73 goals against, 9.26 save percentage. 2-0 uh, is his record this year, uh, no question. Um, so when I look at this game here for Vancouver, I, I just think it's take Vancouver at this price or leave it alone. For me, that's the way it is anyway, uh, going into uh, this game. And just, like I say, DeSmith's played uh, pretty well uh, as uh, this season in a backup role uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks 2-0 and in his two starts. So for me, it'll be a small sprinkle here on the uh, Vancouver Canucks at the plus price. That's about it. You know, I don't like my unders, but this definitely could be an under. Uh, six shaded to the under it's six shaded to the under and it might even go to five and a half it looks like it's that way for a reason rangers aren't lighting it up but they're playing really stout defensively we expect igor shesterkin to be in net i would expect him back because jonathan quick got the start against edmonton so i would assume that we're going to see um shesterkin in net here for the 
um, New York Rangers tonight in this game. So the under definitely I would lean with in this game. Small bet as well on Vancouver. And I've got a couple props that I'm very uh, interested in. And yes, Lafreniere, uh, mm-hmm. Cuban Wayne Gretzky would be one of those props. You know how I've been talking about how much better he's looked so far this season. So he's definitely got prop value right now. The confidence is coming back for Alexi Lafreniere right now. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Rangers, Canucks. Yeah, you made a great point about with Casey DeSmith. And I think he's going to actually play better now being in this system because he doesn't have to be the 1A, 1B guy with Jar anymore, right? He can be more of a traditional backup, give you 25 games, you know, rest for a week, and then all of a sudden come in and, and, and give you a decent performance. I think that's, you know, a better suited situation for him. And that's, you know, something that most teams are kind of shying away from these days. But when you have a goalie like Demko, who seems to be kind of built like in that old school way, he wants to get 60, 65 stars if he can. So I, I think this is a good good kind of tandem for uh, goaltending with Vancouver right now. Like I said, it's definitely a, a decent you know, home uh, dog price. But I like the draw here. I think, like I said, with the way New York's playing defensively, you look at these two games last year, they were really high scoring. And you go back a, a few more years, most of these were one-goal decisions. So I think this could be with us. You know, Rangers, they, like I said, played well, but they're stepping up slightly in competition, I guess you could say, the way that, you know, as far as form goes. Because Calgary and Edmonton have looked horrible uh, recently. So I think this could be a a, kind of tight game. And I'm taking a shot with the draw here at plus 335. All right. That's not a bad option, too. I could see this one going to overtime, uh, no doubt. Yeah, Lafreniere is the clear choice for me uh, with the uh, New York Rangers as far as a goal prop tonight. Plus 380 uh, at FanDuel. Still excellent price for uh, his goal props, no question. So definitely worth a look there uh, for them. For uh, Vancouver, who did I mention on their show? Well, Quinn Hughes goes without saying. you got to keep going with it. He scored two goals. He's not going to score every night, but he's shooting the puck a lot more, and it's going to lead to more production because he is a very gifted, offensive-minded defenseman playing on the number one power play unit. Plus 750 is out there for him to score again tonight. Plus three set, uh, plus, uh, or minus 130 to get an assist. Um, so definitely both of those are worth a look again on Quinn Hughes, but I, there's another Canuck I mentioned last night, mentioned how he's gone to the top line and he scored last night in that five, nothing win against St. Louis, Ilya Mikheyev, who's finally healthy again. You can get him at plus three ninety uh, to find the back of the net tonight for the Vancouver Canucks outstanding value top line player right now, uh, for the uh, Canucks, uh, nice job by, uh, Rick Tockett putting him up there too, because, you know, this is a guy that would played well his final year in Toronto, goes to Vancouver, has an injury plagued season, uh, but definitely uh, Ilya Mikheyev on that top line with Pedersen, with Pedersen and Kuzmenko. He's playing with terrific players, obviously uh, worth a look. And there's also a couple others you can sprinkle on uh, for sure as well for the uh, Vancouver Canucks right now, when you uh, look at it. Um, it's not delivery. It's Di Giuseppe. Look at him lately. Phil Di Giuseppe here for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Back-to-back games with a goal and a three-game point streak for Phil Di Giuseppe right now with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And he's plus 550 uh, to score tonight. And the other would obviously be Besser. We've talked about Besser a lot. He's gotten off to a very strong start this season. Two, uh, six goals. He's got points in four straight games uh, as well. Uh, so there's definitely uh, – those are the main Vancouver looks for me. Hughes. Quinn Hughes, uh, Ilya Mikheyev, Brock Besser, and uh, maybe a little, not delivery, but Di Giuseppe, a little Phil Di Giuseppe as well for the uh, Vancouver uh, Canucks. Uh, He has been impressive here these last few games, uh, no question. All right, we have reached the final game of this uh, Saturday card. Might be the best game 
uh, on the card as well. Two Western Conference powers, uh, Vegas and L.A., both teams with aspirations to be there at the end, hopefully. And maybe a Western Conference final preview. You never know uh, with uh, these two teams. We've got minus 110 uh, both sides, uh, the total six here in this game. Now, it's funny. These are back-to-back spots for both teams. But Vegas played the earlier game against Chicago. You know, a frustrating loss. I mean, it's not something they panic about, but it's disappointing when you're undefeated and you finally lose that first game. And we saw that with uh, Vegas in the loss to Chicago. That was earlier. The trip from Vegas to L.A. is nothing. So it's not any sort of big-time travel. Uh, And they'll probably get back to L.A. before L.A. does because L.A. played late at night in Arizona uh, against the Coyotes. And they're coming off that incredible comeback. Uh, against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And again, shout out to Todd McClellan. He saw Phoenix Copley had nothing going for him uh, in that game and said, we got to get him the hell out of the net. And that decision right away, not hesitating to do that, make that move, get Talbot in there, save the game. Gave them all kinds of, it, was, it provided a wake-up call, it, enough time on the clock, first period, still lots of time to come back. Uh, and that was a big time coaching move. You know, coaching matters and you got to be able to make tough decisions and, they're not always going to work, but that one worked. That one worked like a charm for Todd McClellan last night for the uh, LA Kings. So now you got a dilemma because clearly it was going to be Copley's night last night and it was going to be Cam Talbot's night tonight uh, against Vegas. But how the hell do you have confidence in Phoenix Copley right now? Like th- this, I-, I think you've got to stick to the script. You know, even though you had to play Talbot for over two periods last night, you probably have to play Talbot tonight. Because you just, I can't believe that, the, maybe I should, I shouldn't be this shocked. This is a journeyman goalie most of his career. But considering how well he played last year, he saved the season when he yeah. jumped on board for the team last year, Phoenix Copley, his play. His play steadied the ship during the regular season last year. And now he can't stop a beach ball right now for the LA Kings and his couple of stars. I mean, he was awful against Carolina. And he was every bit as bad last night in the first period against Arizona before he got pulled. So how do you have the confidence to come back to Phoenix Copley right now? So I know this was you know supposed to be Copley last night, Tal- Talbot tonight, but because Talbot got in for two periods last night, do you pl- come back to Talbot for a full game tonight? That's a heavy workload, but I think you have to because you're just worried about the where the confidence is right now for Phoenix Copley and the team's confidence in him right now. So I'm, I'm expecting it to be Talbot tonight. If I had to guess, although it hasn't been confirmed yet um, for Vegas, probably going to be Logan Thompson. Absolutely. I would expect it because Aiden Hill got the start last night. Logan Thompson will probably be in tonight for the uh, Vegas golden Knights. He's been really good this year. Now he did have that one bad goal that he gave up against Philadelphia. When we were on the bet cast, it was a horrible goal, but outside of that, Logan Thompson has been good three and oh, Two goals against, 933 save percentage uh, for him this season. So probably be Logan Thompson for Vegas. This is a tough game because, first of all, I would rather have Vegas off a loss with the little rest advantage compared to L.A. off a thrilling comeback win in this game. And L.A. hasn't played great at home this year. They haven't played awful, but they've actually, they're they're undefeated on the road, the L.A. Kings, but they haven't been great on home ice this year. So I would lean Vegas here minus 110. but why I'm very lukewarm on it is what Alex said a moment ago. The teams that go this long undefeated finally lose that first game. Sometimes that's a bubble burst. 
Sometimes that's, you know, a hangover and you lose a couple, you know, after a strong start like that. That's why I'm fascinated to see what Boston does tonight. Colorado, what do they do tomorrow after losing their first game? Vegas, what do they do tonight after losing their first game? Do they immediately respond and get up off the mat and bounce back after going this deep into the season, almost a full month without a loss? Or is there a little hangover for Vegas? All that being said, Vegas are passed for me. Still think they're the better of these two teams slightly. Off a loss, I'd prefer them than Kings off a thrilling comeback win where they had to, you know, exude a lot of energy, you know, expend a lot of energy to come back, beat Arizona last night. So I do lean Vegas. Don't know if I'll get involved, but definitely the lean for me, Golden Knights here uh, in this game, which should be a good one. Alex, what do you think here? Vegas, L.A.? Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a really fun game. I don't want anything to do with a side here because, like you said, Vegas has their own, uh, you know, reason to come out and, and, and you know, just completely go nuts after losing their first game. Like I said, it wasn't like it was a, oh, they got, you know, embarrassed or, or crushed. That's the thing that's interesting about this with on the LA side, because had LA had that score held at four, two, you know, five, two and Arizona goes on and win. I'm probably looking at Vegas here in this spot because I don't think LA 24 hours after that would have been, uh, you know, like I said, motivated to, to go out and, and play again in, in, in a high fashion. And I, I get what you're saying about playing Talbot tonight. If I were to do anything, if I were the coach, I would probably actually run with Copley because you can't afford to burn Copley, right? If you all of a sudden put him in the doghouse, then the next time he comes out there, he's going to look like the same guy who was, you know, hanging around the AHL for a decade. And and you don't need that. You know, LA is going to have to improve their goaltending by the deadline if they want to actually be a legitimate contender. But until then, this they got to make do it what they have. I think you go right back to Copley. You say, you know what? Forget what the hell happened last night. That was a bad night, but we won the game. All right. It was a team effort. So now you got to come back out and you got to have a strong, you know, uh, outing. And it starts with, you know, your first 10 or 20 minutes. Will that happen? I'm not sure. Can we trust either one of these goaltenders to just all of a sudden just, you know, become brick walls overnight? Not really. So with all that being said, I'm going with the first period over. You cashed me in the LA game last night easily. It cashed me in the Vegas game easily. So I'm going, uh, over one and a half, minus $1.35 for the first period over here. And again, when you're talking about a full game total where it's only six, not six and a half, you get a little bit of a better price for that over one and a half in the first period. You know, minus 130s don't come around every day uh, with first period overs anymore. A lot of them are in that minus 150 or higher now when you see them, and some even at two as far as the first period total. So uh, definitely uh, sometimes good to take advantage of that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting game. Like I say, I prefer the I, I prefer just in general. The theory is when you're talking about an elite team, one of the better teams in the league, off a loss, those are bet on spots. But this is different. This is going this deep into the season, undefeated. Sometimes there's just it takes you a game or two to get your game back, and it's just uh, and sometimes you could see that. So any result would wouldn't surprise me here. Vegas winning wouldn't surprise me. L.A. winning wouldn't surprise me here. Uh, in this game tonight with uh, the Knights and the Kings. I might take a shot on the draw personally, and mm -hmm. I'm not a big draw uh, guy, but as like Alex, obviously not as big as him with the, these bets, but definitely this one feels like it could be a 2-2 or a 3-3 game uh, going into uh, overtime. So maybe the draw, a little sprinkle on that here uh, as well in this game. And as far as oh, both teams to score in the first period, yeah, I mean, yeah. in this game I could see it. I really yep. like it in the Ottawa-Pittsburgh game. Uh, both teams to score in the first period. I think that's definitely uh, a good look there in that one. As far as this game goes, uh, they didn't score yesterday, but I still say, and Nicholas Waugh is out, so forget about betting his props. He's out 
uh, due to injury tonight. So uh, Paul Cotter, though, for Vegas, still undervalued. Yeah, Chance Stevenson, I think actually this is a good matchup for him uh, against uh, L.A. He's going to be counted upon here to match that center ice strength of the L.A. Kings. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think definitely you could see him uh, make an impact here tonight. For L.A., I'm not going to overthink it. You go to the regular suspects. Who's been producing for them this year? Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kopitar, Fiala, and especially uh, Trevor Moore. And it was nice to see Quentin Byfield join the party last night. Again, this is a guy with so much potential. They're giving him every opportunity to succeed. Uh, extended time uh, on the uh, top line for the LA Kings for several games now. Uh, with Kopitar and Kempe, and it was finally good to see um, Quinton Byfield uh, find the uh, back of the net for the uh, LA Kings last night uh, in that game. So those would be the main props I would consider there for the uh, Vegas LA game. All right, great stuff. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat. Over 200 yeah. live viewers Thank on you. this Saturday show. Hit the like button. Sign up if you haven't already for the Ice Guys Family Plan, YouTube channel subscription, $9.99 US per month. Our daily betting card, player props are posted there. We're going to have tons of new uh, video content and features, especially once we turn the calendar to November. This week, we are going to finalize a date for the BetCasts in November. Alex and I will talk. We'll come up with a, uh, some dates. And uh, we know the uh, regular BetCast, which is the regular public free-for-all BetCast that we have each month. It'll be on a Tuesday again, and it'll probably be toward the later part of November. Uh, but that's when it'll be. The family plan only, family plan exclusive betcast is probably going to be the first half of the month of November. So we'll probably have that betcast in the first two weeks of November. So the date to be determined, and it may not be a Tuesday. It actually may be another day of the week. So yeah. uh, we will announce that. Uh, we'll figure out a date for that, and we will mention it on the show. We'll post it on the community tab uh, of the Ice Guys uh, family plan. Uh, subscription. So keep an eye on that. We definitely are looking forward to having our first family plan members only betcast, which is a betcast that the YouTube link will only be visible and available to family plan members. And the people, the only people that will be able to join in uh, us on the betcast will be family plan uh, members as well. So we're looking forward to that. And then of course, we'll have our regular full betcast later in the month of November as well. So all that's coming up and more. Check out the Ice Guys store as well. Uh, great stuff there. The Patreon page is where we'll have our text written pieces and our articles and our goalie charts and power ratings, all that good stuff there at patreon.com slash iceguys as well. So check all of that out. Yeah, perfect. You nailed it. Yeah, uh, like I said, Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com, uh, Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash iceguys, and of course the YouTube family plan for $9.99. A month and uh, like to click on the join and i know some people still having issues if you have an ios device uh we recommend that you use a different browser to try to, to log in so hopefully hopefully youtube can correct that at some point but uh yeah so definitely check that out all right good stuff indeed and uh looking forward to a big day there's lots of hockey today college football of course as always on a saturday uh and uh just an exciting Saturday as always uh, and World Series game two tonight. And for those people that uh, thought Arizona, Texas, what a boring World Series. Well, obviously you didn't watch that game last night. <laughs> uh, it was one hell of a game one. And hopefully uh, the rest of the series is like that as well. All right. Before we wrap it up, of course, bargain bin special of the night. Uh, next up here. Uh, I know everyone loves this segment. Why not? Uh, we've uh, cashed so many great plus price winners uh, with it. 
Uh, a little trickier today because there's good options on a bigger slate like this with nine games uh, for bargain bin special uh, of the night. I'm going to go to Mike Matheson for the Montreal Canadiens for my bargain bin special of the night tonight. Back-to-back games with a goal, shooting the puck quite a bit. No Connor Hellebuck tonight. Laurent Brossois in net. And uh, definitely I can see Mike Matheson uh, coming uh, or making an impact here as far as finding the back of the net. Goals in back-to-back games. He's plus 500 uh, at FanDuel uh, to score a goal tonight, playing on that Montreal number one power play unit, shooting the puck quite a bit this year. It's been a theme, and we've really uncovered some gems here as far as defenseman props, specifically defensemen playing more ice time, shooting the puck more, and specifically playing on the number one power play unit. Mike Matheson is one of the many defensemen we have mentioned that they are definitely undervalued in props right now. So Mike Matheson, Montreal Canadiens, plus 500 for his goal prop for my bargain bin special of the night. Uh, Alex, bargain bin special, you got one? I don't have one for this evening. That, that That's a good one. Like you said, that's something that I'm definitely starting to look at more and more, looking for these defensemen that, like I said, that are firing the puck and, and, and getting a you know, quality shot attempt. So uh, hopefully be looking for one tomorrow with a uh, shorter card. But, yeah, for tonight, nothing really stood out uh, you know, within the bargain bin price range. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's just I, – I, that, look, I like a bunch of others too. Uh, in terms of the real bargain bins, like the, I could, there was about nine or ten bargain bin candidates on my list for this segment today, uh, and of course, all those will be on the uh, prop player props card that'll be posted later on the community tab and on the Patreon page. So make sure you check it out for the full list. But you know, let's see if we can grab some more Quinn Hughes type p- prices tonight. Yeah. Some more Sean Dursey. I didn't even mention that Sean Dursey yeah. we had last <laughs> night. His old team. I said he's shooting the puck more. He's playing on the power play unit. He's going to want to find the back of the net against the LA Kings. His old team. And sure enough, he did last night. Plus seven hundred. Marco Rossi scored again last night for us for uh, Minnesota. So it's just been remarkable uh, how uh, these uh, big plus prices have been uh, coming through. So we have a bunch of them including, of course, Mike Matheson, my bargain bin special of the night selection for this Saturday slate. All right, best bets to wrap it up. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, let's go with the late game uh, in Hollywood. Vegas, L.A., we go with that first period over one and a half, uh, laying thirty up to forty. That's fine. I have no problem laying that in this spot because we saw quick goals with both these teams last night. And like you said, the goaltending you know, could be a little bit shaky depending on who they roll with, uh, with L.A. if they go Talbot or, or if they go Copley. Logan Thompson, solid, but he can always give up a goal. And I think these two teams are going to really, you know, battle back and forth with one another early. So we'll go Vegas Golden Knights, LA Kings. First period over is my best bet for Saturday. All right, Vegas, Los Angeles, over one and a half, minus 130, first period, best bet for Alex B. Smith. Um, yes, Muhammad, I did take uh, Cole Caulfield, 40-plus goals, and a sprinkle on him to win the Rocket. He's got work to do. But I feel he's going to heat up. I really do. Uh, we got the overtime winner the other night against Columbus. As long as he stays healthy, I, I don't see how he doesn't get 40 goals. I think he's got that capability in him. He's just got that gifted ability to finish. Great shot, great instincts offensively. So we'll see if he can uh, continue to produce here for uh, Montreal. See if I can produce here with my best bet uh, for this uh, Saturday card. Let's go on. Let's go with an underdog here. Um, and um, I was actually, believe it or not, tempted. Easy to say now after it won. I was tempted by Anaheim to use them as a best bet against Boston, but I didn't want to go that far with it on Thursday night. I'm going to go with another underdog here. Price not as good as it was 
but I still like it here. Seattle Kraken plus 122 is the best price out there right now against the Florida Panthers. This team was very good on the road last year. I like the work ethic they brought to the start of this road trip. A win in Detroit against a good Red Wings team that was playing well at the time and a Carolina team that they'd already beaten badly in Seattle, and they could have beaten them again. I mean, they gave Carolina a really tough game the other night, lost in overtime. Uh, Florida, a team that Seattle has beaten each of the two seasons that they've been in the league. They've taken the trip to Florida. They've won both times. They've had good success in this building, BB&T Center in Sunrise, Florida. See if they can make it three straight years the Seattle Kraken with a win in Florida against the Panthers. Seattle plus 122 for my best bet here for this Saturday card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat uh, for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, although Monday will be 3 p.m. Eastern as usual for the first part of the year, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday at noon Eastern for another edition of the Ice Guys. (sighs) Ah. <sighs>